wonderful? Isn't he wonderful? People will go all of their life and never feel that. And he comes by our way. I asked him this morning for a transforming service. And he's already started it. Amen. God bless you. Amen. If you would just have your seats just a moment and I just have a few announcements. Thank you just for a second there. Thank you. Amen. 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 Happy Father's Day. Our Heavenly Father has come amongst us, and that's the most important one. Happy Father's Day to each and every one of you. And those of you that have experienced that, it's been a great joy. If you get to experience it as a grandfather, it's even a greater joy. Uh, I can't imagine what great-great-grandfather would be like, but uh, amen. Just, we're so thankful that what God has allowed us to be, and we just are we're just really thrilled about what God is doing for us in this moments of our time. We had a wonderful week and we was able to share some time with some of you as believers that Brother Jeremy had arranged and I was able to get on a, a, a merry-go-round with, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 of you guys and I thought, you know, I don't know, I, this just gives me a touch of heaven, amen. And, and I was, I was sitting beside of Charlie, and Noah was somewhere there, and uh, I was sitting beside of Charlie, and Brother Jim was holding him, and, and I thought, you know, we're a long way from the vision now, and he's growing up, and you know, and enjoying life, and so we're just so thankful for what God has done. Sister, Sister Joyce, it's just an honor to have you here this weekend, and I, I, we, we have prayed for you. We love you here as a body of believers. Sister Joyce lost her son to cancer. I was able, God just gave me a moment, literally a moment to be able to go meet him and pray with him and, and touch him. We went to his funeral the other day on Saturday and I'm sorry I had to slip away. I had to go take a treatment and, uh, and so we uh, <clears throat> didn't get to eat with you but we sure love you with all of our hearts. I'm sure the chicken was good. And uh, you can send word back that Brent, Brent did an awesome job on that, that funeral as well. Spoke a lot of wonderful things about your son. And, and uh, thank God there's a land beyond the river. Amen. So glad to have Sister Nancy back with us this morning. She was sick yesterday and, and uh, <clears throat> she's feeling better today. And I saw her as she was rejoicing over there, those arms waving like an eagle's wings. And I thought... You know, one day we're going to have a great land beyond the river and we'll all be young, be about the same age, and won't that be a time? And so, amen. <clears throat> amen. <clears throat> Next week I will be at Brother Josh Bennett's and that'll be my first time to preach in their meeting and Brother Josh invited me to be there. I'll be speaking on Saturday night and Brother Wayne Lawson and Brother Jonathan Martin will be speaking in that meeting and I expect you to be here, so you, you pray for me. You pray for me there, and I expect you here, so amen. And I'm sure they'll have some sort of a way that you can watch that at a later time. Two weeks from now, Brother Wayne Lawson will be here, and uh, 
and that'll be the weekend after that. And uh, I, there's going to be a wonderful dinner that has been being prepared by our, by our sisters as brothers, Father's Day. It's not just today, it's every day, but I thank God these women can put things together in about five minutes like us men will take days and days and days. And, and so you know it's a truth and so amen so thank you thank you for that brother Wayne will be bringing a spiritual feast and and we'll be having dinner together as well amen amen brother Andrew will be speaking for us next weekend Saturday and Sunday night and so I just want to say something for our newer ones that are among us here brother Roger so good to have you again here two Sundays in a row we're we're, we're getting we're going to change bodies here so you just hang with us. And I want to say something for the, for the public as far as, as far as even on the internet. You know, in churches, we are getting to the spot when we're starting to have our 50th anniversary. Ministries begin to get older. And Brother Joe was here last night, and they had to transition a couple of times. Brother Henry Green was the founder of the church. Then Brother Dan Daisley, who was the associate pastor for all of those years, uh, since the very beginning of time, then Brother Joe came along. And it's not just succession to where that you pick a man and he goes, because that's the way denominationals do it. And so God has to raise up a man. God, God raises up a man. We can, we can see God raise up men. And too many times that is squashed. But when God raises up a man, God uses that man maybe to help that local assembly. And uh, just Andrew so happens to be our, our, our associate pastor and now our pastor with us. And, and we're, we're, we're kind of a strange sort of team here. And I want to explain that just a little bit for the newer ones that are here. When we started our journey, this is a kind of a neat thing. When we started our journey, before the journey even started at communion, we elected Andrew as our next pastor. And so that was about two years ago. And so we've watched that. We've watched him grow. We've watched him in his maturity of the word. Every, every service he only gets better. But God did that. I sure didn't do it. I, I, now I want to be a mentor to him. And I, I want to coach him. And I will coach him. And I will stomp my foot at him. But he has to be a student of the word. And he is. And I want to thank him for that. But not only that, the Lord showed me something in a visitation here just a bit ago of, of our great gathering. And he showed me that before ministry would go, there would be worship leaders that he had raised up, raised up to worship, and, and showed me men, and I'm just going to name them, and there's, a, there's thousands of them, but men like Andrew, uh, uh, Timothy Pruitt, Michael Ray, uh, we were just with Ben, Ben Erickson, men like that that have a special anointing on them to be not just to sing songs, but to lead in worship. Whether you know it or not, worship is the key to opening the heart. And it's, that's where God dwells in the praises of his people. He builds trees to, to worship. He, he has animals to worship. Birds worship and sing. 
It's, it's a noisy kingdom with God. Now you're the highest species, you're his wife. He's not looking for a mannequin. He don't want your, your, just your, your selfishness and your, your closing yourself up and, well, I'm going to let somebody else. No, he's wanting you. He's wanting you to get beyond yourself. Now listen, this is easy once you get the Holy Ghost. Your resistance to worship tells you you don't have it. Well, I'm afraid I'll get, I'll get beside of myself. You didn't mind getting beside of yourself when you were drunk on alcohol. And you were a slobbering, nasty idiot. Then you, you did things that were very uncharacteristic that we don't want to mention today because you were beyond yourself. Found yourself in the arms of another lover in times. Because you were under the influence of another spirit. Now here we're under the influence of God. And God don't do anything out of order. You won't have to worry about women flipping upside down. And s- but God don't do silly stuff. Neither is he a showboat. He's a gentleman. Brother Branham operated and taught us as ministries that, that he was a gentleman. He taught us pulpit manners. He taught us how, how to, to speak. He taught us different things. And, and he had to institute a lot of different things because there was a lot of wild, wild stuff that was going on. And, and you say, well, Brother Ron, it's going to get out of hand. Don't you worry. There's always enough wet blankets around that'll put it out. So I, I, I'm thrilled. As I was standing over there, I had these comments to make, and I thought, well, God's allowing Andrew to do what I'm getting ready to talk to him about. So I say, job well done. Amen. God bless you, Andrew. Amen. God bless you, Andrew. Amen. People get jealous of Andrew. Well, you're just getting jealous and you're just showing that to God. And people have left this church because they were jealous of him. I'd say, good. And I really mean that. said something in the flesh right there, but I meant it anyway, so. Amen. I so love you with all of my heart. 
so love you. That song that was sang means a whole lot to our family, even when you don't see him, you're working. Because angels sang it, and Brother Tim heard it on the other side of the house, and Connie sang it at 2 o'clock. And Brother, Brother Tim had a dream about seeing buzzards and pigs eating the, those buzzards. Amen. I would like to personally thank God for two and a half years of, of being able to live through this cancer and taking the treatment. I'd like to thank God for that. It is not for sissies. I apologize that some of you had to see that this week and the difficulties and the things that go on. Generally, I can hide a lot of things, but when you're sick, you're sick, and when you're weak, you're weak. And so, but thank you for your patience with me through this through this trial. And uh, but we're we're getting through it, and so we we thank you for that. Sometimes the cure is worse than the the disease itself. And so, Amen. I want you to remember there's churches that are affected by COVID again. Just be careful, and if you're sick, please stay home and uh, do that for us. And uh, we, we're, certainly, we're certainly thankful that God has brought us this far, and so we certainly appreciate that. <clears throat> I want to speak a sermon to you today that's very appropriate after everything that's happened. I've never spoke it. I've never heard it. But I want to preach to you about in a mess. I think every one of you are going to find yourself in the scriptures today. So let's stand to our feet. And if you will turn with me to Genesis chapter 20 and verse 1 this afternoon. Thank you for allowing me to take a few moments to kind of catch my breath as well. Andrew, did I miss any announcements? There is a baptismal after, afterwards. Sister Janetta's getting baptized, and I'm going. She asked me if I would do it, and so I'm going to do it with Brother Andrew. And if you're jealous of Andrew, we'll get that thing straightened for, for right now. And uh, I know she's not. Amen. She's known him since he was a, a kid. So, but I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. You're going to find yourself here today in this sermon, Sister Netta. So I want you to pay very close attention to it. David, you're going to find yourself in this as well. Amen. Along with 200 and whatever people here, you're going to find yourself in these scriptures. I want you to remember the topic, in a mess. And Abraham journeyed from thence towards south country and dwelled between Kadesh and sure, and sojourned in Greer. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, She is my sister, and Amalek, king of Greer, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Amalek in a dream by night 
and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, she is a man's wife. You may be seated. Brother Branham says this, he says, And God give him the land of, of Palestine. And he told him not to leave. Not to leave there. And any Jew that leaves Palestine was backslid. God called, told him to stay there. And if God tells you to do something or another, and you don't do it, I bet you can predict the next words. Then you're a backslid. <laughs> if God tells you to do something and you don't do it then, you're backslid. Is that right? All right. A drought came on to try Abraham's faith. And instead of Abraham staying there, no, he couldn't stay there. He run off and took Sarah and went about 300 miles. Wish I had time to get on that. Down to another land. And when he got there, then he got this king down there, Amalich. He was a young fella. Hey, how you doing? He was a young fella. And this young fella, he was looking for a sweetheart. So he found, so he found Abraham's wife, Sarah, and fell in love with her. And Abraham said, Now you tell him that you are not, you are my sister, and I'm your brother. So that pleased Amalek. So he said, All right. We'll just take her over to the castle. And I guess the women fixed her up and he was going to marry her the next day. Notice these key phrases, next day. And Amalek was a good man, a righteous man. And that night, that night while he was sleeping, the Lord appeared to him and said, you're as good as a dead man. The man... The woman that you have got out there to marry is another man's wife. Watch, another man's wife. Why, he said, Lord, you know the integrity of my heart. A righteous, holy man, you know the integrity of my heart. That man told me that that was his sister. And, and didn't she tell herself that that's my brother? And he said, God said, I know the integrity of your heart. And that's the reason I've kept you from sinning against me. But he's my prophet. What was it? He backslid a and a little lion shyster. Is that right? Oh no. There ain't no little white lies. They're either black lies or they're not lies at all. The man is sitting there telling 
a point blank lie telling that that was his sister when it was his wife beating around the bush, backslidden. And here was a righteous man standing before God and said, Lord, you know my heart, but I'll not hear your prayer. Am a leech. Take him. Take her back. Let him pray for you. He's my prophet. I'll hear him. Yeah, backslider, but that's my prophet. That's the truth. I want you to just absorb some things, and now I want to kind of give you a theme. Brother Joe read from Romans 8. Most of you know that's been here forever. Know that that's one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 8 and 28. I want to read it out of the Passion Statements this morning. Passion books, you probably won't have that. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes us, that's verse 26, in our human frailty. Notice these words. To empower us in our weakness. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes us to hold us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to to super intercede on our behalf pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Listen, I've been at that spot to where I didn't have power to pray, but I just moaned in the presence of God and I could feel him. On that hospital bed, I could feel his presence echoing down over top of me. Verse 27, God the searcher of the heart knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us. His holy ones in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Verse 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our life I love this, Brother Roger. Every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan and bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who has been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among the vast family of the brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Total adoption. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself, transferred his perfect righteousness 
to everyone he called. And those who possess that perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his own son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abraham had had some real experiences with God. Some fantastic experiences. God speaks to him in Genesis chapter 17. And he says, Abram, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to him, to Abram, and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. That's going to be, that's going to be incredibly needful to hang on to. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. God's a personal God. And multiply thy seed exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt, and he talked with, and Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. I want you to understand this is more than just to Abraham. God is having a conference with his seed with you. You're thinking this is four or 5,000 years ago. This conference has you in his mind. God is saying this to Abraham. Because if you remember, God speaks to him in a conversation and he said, can you count the dust, that's the granulars of the sand? No man can do that. That's your natural seed. And he said, look to the stars. And we preached it, look to the stars. That's a type of your spiritual seed. No man can count the stars. And everyone is hanging in his place, has a proper position, has a proper name, has a proper calling. You couldn't put yourself there. God put you there. I want you to just notice this isn't part Abraham and part God. God is making a covenant with him. He's swearing by himself when he can swear by no greater. You always swear to the greater. Are you with me? They put their hands on the Bible and swear to the, to the perfect book. I'll tell no lie. Then if they lie, it goes before God, not before a judge. It goes before God. There's a conference with him and tells him that, he says that, uh, I am the Almighty. He tells him over and over again in meetings, 
Everything is working towards God becoming flesh to Abraham. That's what this message has done. We've had visitations, but God wants to do more than have visitations with you. He's got something for you, and I want to just speak to you. God comes and he, we hear Brother Branham talking in a sermon called, Is There Anything Too Hard for the Lord? And they're there. Abraham has now confessed for, for quite a while, more than two decades. I'm going to have a son. Now, he's produced a son through his own energies, through the bondswoman. But Brother Branham goes back, and, and you'll hear Brother Branham. Sometimes Brother Branham preaches a sermon, and whether you know it or not, he's actually preaching a vision. And he's not just telling a story. You hear him in the, in the prayer lines, he'll tell them about a yellow dog or a bus, he'll tell them about a black car, and he'll tell them about a doctor. He's a short doctor, he's kind of fat, he's got real big black rim. He's looking at that. And so, no doubt, as a prophet, being a seer, he's looking at the vision of the Word, and he's watching the event as it goes on. I don't think I'm adventuring without authority right here. And so, here is, here is Sarah, and she's in the tent. Now she's begun to get older. She's been harassed for years. She's been barren. She's been frustrated. She's been intimidated. God's made a promise to Abraham. She can't make it happen. She's more than willing to make it happen, but she can't make it happen. And she's fussy, she's stewy, she's grippy. Brother Branham says that she's hollering out the door and Abraham's sitting outside. He's got an atmosphere going on outside. You know, you want to get away from that if that's going on. You want to You want to breathe. You want to breathe. Some of you young guys, it's going to happen to you too. You want to get a place to where you breathe. Kind of detox a little bit. Detox. You know, I, barometric chamber, you know. Men, this is not a good time to say amen. It's not a good time to laugh. It's not a good time. It's just not. But you know what I'm talking about. You can see me after church. You know what? I saw a caravan go by the other day, Abraham. And in that caravan, they were selling hats and they were selling dresses. And I saw Miss Lot the other day. She had on some fancy stuff. Them caravans don't come up here. These old rags I'm wearing. He's just listening. Uh-huh. Now, Brother Branham said that Satan was trying to block the visitation of God. So if you feel that stewy spirit, understand you're real Christians. And if you can remember at his trick, can I just share some information? When you feel that just, that naughty spirit coming on you or that biting, you feel that, do the opposite. 
in a moment. He's there. Don't grieve him away. Do the opposite where there's hate or bite. Flip it and show love like never before. Brother Ron, I need an example. There's a man coming down the aisle. He's crushed the preachers. He's crushed a lot of men. Tonight he's going to crush Brother Branham. He's going to, and he begins to make his boast. And as he's making his boast, Brother Branham said, this night you'll pin my feet to the floor. Because Brother Branham said, I felt sorry for him. And I found love for him. A man that was going to crush him. And that he fell right to the floor. These three travelers came, and they came to Abraham's tent. I find it an incredible thing that we have a place of worship here that can host the presence of God. I never want this place to ever take it for granted that he's just going to be here. He must be invited. And when he is invited, it is when he comes, wash his feet, make him comfortable. He's here to do business. He can heal you. He can save you. He can fill your life. He can turn you around in what you've been working on for months and years. He can do it in seconds. When God came and he sat down in front of Abraham, and remember Abraham recognized that he was the Lord to which he had been speaking to. That's the reason a lot of people don't recognize the Lord. They ain't been talking to him. And so when he came in, begins to talk, and Abraham has meat and milk. Now God has stepped into a body because he has a meeting with Abraham. God's got a plan. And in his plan, he's got a book. He's got a Lamb's book of life. Now Abraham can't produce these names in this book. He's done proved he's got too old. His wife is too old. It is impossible for him to humanly do it. Are you with me now? Let me just say this to you and I. You and I cannot produce rapture with our fleshly ability. It's going to take the word in action. Personal revelation in your life that you see yourself in the word. Now God has a conversation with Abraham and in that conversation he reminds him about his promises. He said thy seed shall possess the gates of their enemy. That is a promise to which Shamgar will grab a hold of. Naboth will hang on to. David will kill his tens and tens of thousands. Solomon will raise up the greatest temple. You will overcome demons and principalities because of a conversation that God had with Abraham. Because you're a part of that seed lineage and you can take the word of God through your supernatural lips and begin to speak it. 
Are you with me? Many people sabotage their testimony with negativity. And you can't have a positive life and a negative life at the same time. It's kind of like being on a diet and eating a donut. Come on, preach now. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Sarah had to get it for herself. Not just Abraham's promise, but it's Sarah's promise. God can say a lot of things about you, but you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. Ask her, where's Sarah? Why did she laugh? I didn't laugh. Abraham tells her she's in the tent's door behind him. To prove that to be a fact, Brother Branham would stand on the stage to show that same Melchizedek sign. Forgive me. If you're looking for another, another messenger like what we had to show those gifts, there's not another one. There's not another one. You can, shut, you can, search, you can search the Internet and they're going to tell you all kind of bad things on Brother Branham and all kind of nonsense. But why don't you throw that internet away? Because that same internet is going to say these things about Jesus. And if you search deep enough, there's, there's somebody that in, that's in your enemy camp that's going to say some things about you so that discredits you. I went to the internet and I found a lot of faults on Brother Branham. Hey, he wasn't God. News bulletin, Brother Branham wasn't God. He was a human being. He made mistakes. He was honest. The guy that I'm talking about today, Abraham, I want to talk to you a little bit. He had a flaw. Now, God could have killed Sarah because she laughed at him. But because she was part of the promise, he asked her a question. Is there anything too hard for God? The answer to that question, if you're still looking for it, is there's nothing too hard for God. Because it's the same God that created the sun. Try that out for starters. You know, hey, oh, but all these other gods. Well, all these other gods didn't create the sun. The gods of the NBA, they didn't create the sun. The gods of the NFL, they didn't create the sun. They may make $100 million for throwing a ball through a hoop, but they didn't create the sun. They'll bury them in a few days, and they're going to need to know the God of the sun. And he asked her, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Now, now here's where we come. We're in the last day message. 
We're a people that will take a body change. Universally, around the world, there are churches that are just like us in many ways around the world that believe this message with all of their heart. They've translated it. They've got it on computers. Some of them are behind or some of them are just getting it. But let me just say, don't never get yourself all caught up on people just getting it. Because Jesus gives you a parable about 11th hour workers. They're going to get the same reward that the ones, because God's going to get his seed. Let me just say, he's all in the business about getting his seed. He knows how to find them, where to find them. He knows exactly where to get to them. Now, Abraham's had some incredible visitations. Now he's just walking in it. He's just basking in it. He's testifying in it. The message is now Abraham and Sarah. We're going to have children. And these children are going to be the heritage of God. And he could have, I'd say, oh, Abraham could do some preaching right there. My children are going to come through me as old as I am. I don't know how God's going to do it. But God's going to have a lineage. God's going, the Messiah is going to come through here. I want you to understand, I've come to a revelation that the Messiah is going to come through. These seed. Adam fell in the garden. He listened to the wrong voice. And he redeemed Eve with his eyes wide open, knowing he, God would kill her. So he loved her so much, he gave himself for her as a type of Jesus Christ. Now, I find it interesting that what I'm getting ready to speak to you over the next 10 to 15 minutes is not in any, it's not in any schools of thoughts of any religion. They don't bring it up. I've talked to doctors of divinity all over the place. I've sat with great men that, that had great educations, had no clue about how Abraham and Sarah has a baby at this age. But Brother Branham said, being the messenger of the day that is going to reveal those hidden mystery thunders and seals. The voice of God that spoke to Abraham, the same voice of God, is going to speak to the bride. And is going to drop those mysteries to the bride. Others will just, I don't believe that. Well, it's kind of like Acts 2.38. You can see it in the scriptures. That's the only way anybody was baptized in the book of Acts was in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the way they were born. That's the way they were put into the water. And it is the, it is literally revokes the jurisdiction of Satan, of your sins off of you. Are you with me? The blood washes you. The water washes you. The word's going to wash you. And it's going to fill you with life that you'll live the life of Jesus Christ. But Matthew writes it and he literally has it as a mystery. 
Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. None of those are names. They're titles. They're titles. And the reason it has to be a mystery because the mystery is Jesus Christ being God. And the Trinitarians refused to receive that Jesus was God in human flesh. He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was both man and God. We ought to shout right there. Jesus would say, I am the resurrection and the life. Lay this body down and I'll take it up again in three days. I and my Father are one. For that reason, those Jews that were oneness God or they were one God believed, they knew that if Jesus was God, their religion was wrong. And they had missed the Messiah. They didn't go to stone him because of the miracles. They didn't go to stone him because of he was a great preacher. He identified himself as God. He turns around to his disciples and says, Whom do men say that I the son of man am? Some said, Thou art Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said, Who do you say that I am? Now this is the important key 2,000 years later. If you can't see who Jesus is, you'll never see who you are. Because he's king and you're queen. And he came to redeem you. Are you with me? He didn't send a man, he came himself. He sent a lot of prophets as he was descending down through the Gentile, through the, through the Jewish seven church ages, he sent prophets. And they were images of God. And there was parts of God. But he had to come himself. He came as a theothony body in the tent of Abraham. But he had to come himself to redeem you. Why did he have to redeem you? Now we come to this point. Abraham is walking. And as he's walking, something happens, Brother Vernon. They wake up one morning and a hundred-year-old man looks like a 20-year-old man. <laughs> and, when Ter- and, and when Sarah breaks through the veil, I'm talking about right here. I don't have to explain that. I don't have to go on no longer here. (sighs) Brother Branham, the seer of this age, would call her the most beautiful woman. Let me just say, when God does a job, he does it well. 
Now, they got in problems. God tested their faith. And now they're going to move. And in their move, in their move, there's a testimony comes forth that they have turned young. <laughs> Help me right here, Lord. So somewhere or another when they get 300 miles away to where the rain is still falling, you know, and, and they get there. Brother Branham calls him backslidden. He calls him a lying shyster. That's what he calls him. I mean, Brother Branham's just plain honest. Our faith of our fathers, the, the man himself, is now in a mess. He enters the city. How many of you men, this Father's Day, let me get a little sideways here just for a second. How many of you men walk into the room and the most beautiful woman in the room is on your arm? That's what I'm talking about. You know, that makes this five foot five red-headed guy. You know, she puts her arm up under me and kind of scooches up the side of me, you know. Make me feel 20 again. And he walks into the city. Remember, it's Father's Day. And he walks into the city. And the king notices who's on, on his arm. And he says, tell him you're my sister. Because being the most beautiful woman, I just kill you. I kill you. So Amalich being a king, being a righteous man, he just chooses her. Now this is interesting. He takes her to his castle to be taken care of by his attendants. Tomorrow I'll marry you. You'll be queen tomorrow. Think about that, Sarah. You'll be queen. Now I want, I want to just bring up a lot of things right quick. What a mess they're in. What a mess. They, not God, they are in. God didn't get them into this. God didn't get them here. They got their self here. Now let's just think about it just for a moment. Within 24 hours, she's going to be the queen. She has been for, for, for 90 years a barren woman. How does she tell her story? I've been 90 years a barren woman. 90 years I felt cursed because I couldn't have a child. But there was a man came from another realm. And he, he asked me a question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He looked into my eyes. 
And I'll tell you, just a few days ago, I got a body change. And now, I, I'm, I've lied. I'm a, I'm, I've told them I'm a sister. And now this king wants me to be his queen. But there's a promise. There's a promise that's got to come forth. There's an Isaac that's got to be born. There's a Ron that's got to be born. There's a lot of people that's got to be born. Can you imagine what Abraham was thinking now? I've served God these years. I've offered lambs. I've offered sheep. I've offered offered a sacrifice. I've talked to God. I have talked to God face to face. He's came to my tent. I don't have no question to know that the God that has made this promise, I've led my wife down here I've led my wife, I've led my family into this situation. I've led the Lamb's book. I've led the Lamb's book into a spot to where I can't do anything about it. I physically can't do anything about it. This mess is way beyond me. I'm talking to you. You've been in that spot in your life where you're beyond bankrupt, where your relationships are beyond fixable, where your jobs is beyond destroyed. It's not over till God says it's over. I cannot imagine Abraham's thoughts of how bad a mess he was in. The God that had now restored his body. And now here I lay looking at the stars he told me to look at. I can reach out into my tent and I can feel the sand that he told me to count. I'm in a mess. I'm in a mess. I'm in a real mess here. Now God goes to work. Because they've just did what is going to go under the seals. Because now God has proved to humanity you can't do this on your own. Even when I'm walking with you, you can't do this on your own. So don't get yourself so self-righteous to think that I'm doing this. Let me just say, you can't breathe your own air. You can say, now I lay me down to sleep and you don't have a promise of waking up tomorrow morning. I'm not the only one under a death trap here. We're all in the same situation. We're one heartbeat away from God. 
don't care how much money you got, what kind of house you got, what kind of car you drive. I don't care what you do. Oh, Brother Ron, I got a job that's way up yonder somewhere or another. whoop de doo One heartbeat and you're naked on a slab. Naked you come in here and naked you're going to leave. And the only thing that's going to be good about you is your character and whether you've got Jesus or not. God goes to Amalek because Amalek is a righteous man. He can speak to him. Now God has to have them to wayward. Has to, you know, even in your backslidden state, God has to watch over you. And so he has to have you to go a certain way so that you'll fulfill the will of God. Jonah did it. And I don't have time, but maybe Jonah did it. Brother Branham did it. You're going to do it. And so God just leads him down to a righteous king, the man that he could speak to. And God talks to him. He said, the man that you're going to have as a wife, he's another man's wife. He's another man's wife. And he said, you're as good as a dead man. And not only this, I'll close up every womb. He just opened Sarah's womb, and now, due to this situation, this mess, if you marry her, if you go beyond my word tonight, if you marry her, I'll close up every womb. Your nation will die. How important a statement is that, Brother Ron? We'll just have other. Let me just say, Sodom and Gomorrah will never produce one child. It is a death trap of Satan. I don't care what kind of emojis that you put out. It's a death death trap of Satan. He realizes as a king, he's in a mess. <laughs> There's a lot of people in a mess right here. Okay, I've just espoused myself to the most beautiful woman I've ever saw. But she's lied. She's told me that she's Abraham's sister. And I believed her. And she's lied about this. Now God says, I got to go ask Abraham for forgiveness. (laughs) 
God says, go down there to my lion prophet, Brother Brown says. Go down there to my lion shyster prophet. He'll put his hands on you and the curse will be taken away from I'm saying something to you right here. God's with you even in your messes. fighting. They were fighting to death. Both had guns. Both had knives. One run from the other. The other was determined to kill him. So one thought he was running to a safe place so he ran to a church. The other one were out and right in, sat down right beside of him. Preacher don't know what he's preaching. But he's preaching and he preaches about an hour and a half. And God gets a hold of both of these men. Both of these men walk to the altar and lay their guns and their knives on the altar. They later became deacons of that church. Don't tell me God don't know how to take care of messes. Young man's a pilot. He goes to the bank. He's a good looking man. The woman behind the counter is a little older, being very delicate, a little older there, but she's beautiful, she's dignified, she's everything he sees in a woman. They don't believe nothing, and he just keeps coming back. I wanna take you out. She said, I'll set you up with dates. I'll set you up, I'll set you up, I'll set you up. There's a lot of younger women here that, that are interested. They're looking for somebody like you. No, I want you. I want you. And he does that repetitively for a long time. And finally she goes out on a date with him and she's married and now they've lived many, many anniversaries. How do we put things together and we go, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> how did that happen? You guys wanted a church in Martinsburg, isn't that right? You wanted one. You guys wanted a church there. Y'all wanted me to preach there. But look where you're sitting now. That's about 10 years ago. Here you are. Sister Joyce said, I've got things right. You came here to try to get Linda out of this mess. <laughs> and you fell in love with it too. I met some Chinese people the other day that came to China, came from China to get their, their sister, their family out of the mess that they were in. This, this horrible cult that they were in, that they had given themselves to, and now, 
the woman that walked through the prayer line, the same prayer line that Michael got called to preach, now that woman basically interprets every live service into Chinese. <laughs> God! <laughs> God must sit and grin when prophecies are coming together and going, shh. And time and prophecy intercepts, and there you are. So Brother Branham is saying, you know, they turn back young again. Can't you see it? That king would have never lusted over a hundred-year-old woman. And it's not so hidden in the scriptures until through all of those generations, it was a mystery. And here stands a little Kentucky prophet standing with the mighty angel opening the word for him <clears throat> because it's a needed word because you're in a mess. The church world's in a mess. Education's in a mess. The moral condition's in a mess. It's not just American politics in a mess. The whole world's in a mess. <clears throat> I don't know who's going to be the witnesses that see me redheaded again. I just happen to believe I'm going to live long enough to see that happen. seconds I sat at your son's funeral and there was a video that was going on and there was pictures pictures of when you guys were young and I I sat in the family section with you thank you for letting me do that but I had my own I had my own guy here showing me who was who and who was who you know and, and so as he would show me now that's Linda and that's Joyce. And that's Linda, and that's Joyce. And I would get them confused. And maybe it was chemo fog. I was just, I was just confused. And so, and so I was just, and I go, Connie, he just told me that that was Linda. And that's Joyce. Well, one of these days you're going to walk through these doors. And you're going to look like that. And I'm going to know because you told me. <laughs> Are you getting it? God knows how to take a flaw. He knows how to take an incredible flaw in your life. 
and so provide grace and mercy. Hallelujah. I, 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 want to, I want to just say something. Brother David Mayer said something. Kelly Gildebrandt said something the other day. that it, He just said it in kind of passing. And I, I, I didn't even catch it. But I, I got to thinking on that thing. He said when the rapture happens around the world, God has to take people that no doubt don't look ready and make them ready in seconds. What a mighty God. What a mighty God that we serve. This is way over my pay grade. Way beyond your thinking. Well, this is the way it's going to be. Are you really sure about that? God has to take this worldwide culture, education, people that don't have a church, they're under a tree worshiping. Listen, no doubt many home churches, many that have to stream because they live hundreds and hundreds of miles away, and he's going to cause such a reunion on this earth. The sea's going to give forth their dead. The biggest graveyard in the whole world is the ocean. And they're going to give forth their dead. And the people that had their bones have already went back to the molecules. God's going to bring it from the gases. And they're going to stand in world bodies from one dimension to another dimension, step forth. And we're gonna gather here in this whole chaos of mess just before our home going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Musicians, if you would come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
baptized this morning. Come, Brother Noah, I want you to stand beside him. God made Noah special. Called his name Noah, they did. He's born in an incredible family. He didn't do that himself. As a matter of fact, he had a little had nothing to do with it. He didn't call he didn't get himself here. We know the history as far as his grandfather being a message interpreter for, for decades. He's standing now watching in another realm if he's allowed to look through the veil. His father made a choice to believe the word with all of his heart. He's raising a family. We are taught here that we don't make our children. We just create an atmosphere to where they'll just walk right into it. Noah's been wanting to get baptized for quite a while. Looking for the precious, that, that precious moment that father was, Brother William was. Today, he wants to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you see, you see when Abraham was laying there in that night sky looking at the stars, he was looking, there was a Noah. If you can't have grace for others, there will not be grace for you. spot today. Now Noah, I don't know, I don't think you will, but you've been flirting with my granddaughter. So we're going to baptize that as well. that's what he's been taught in his home and listen to the message every day Neil married no doubt a believer that believes it and they'll, they'll produce children because they were also taught by Melchizedek but one day Noah will go from this dimension to another dimension as a believer happens in a few days, Noah will probably be taller than me, a whole lot more handsome, and you'll have a wife. That's unbelievable. But God knows how to fix everything in a moment. We were born in sin.
railroads there, I think. There will be no sorrow there. That ought to be a rejoicing. No. 